Six words, three questions, and one life. That's what we're gonna be talking about today. So let's start with six words. A few teachers, students, and parents were asked to sum up the last couple of years using six words, and here's what a few of them said. Uh, cats attacking keyboards, <laughs> leaving gibberish behind. Has anyone, has that happened to anyone here? Right, yeah, okay, a few. Uh, or how about this, this doesn't spark joy at all. <laughs> sure didn't, eh? Um, or, well, sure didn't see that coming. Uh, or this one, uh, this is just sad. This is just plain sad. I also social distance in dreams. <laughs> right? Like, we know it's a problem when it gets to that level. Uh, or, or this one, sad for another reason, because um, I know it's true for, for some. Stranded 9,000 miles away from home. Uh, or, or this one, uh, it's true for me, each death makes space for grief. Six words. Uh, if you could sum up your life using six words, which six would you use? Uh, a few, um, here are a few six-word memoirs, is what they're called, uh, from a few people that you might recognize. The first one's from Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the playwright from, uh, of Hamilton, the songwriter of Encanto, and uh, the, the actor. Okay, here's what he said. Immigrants, we get the job done. Right? <laughs> I love that. Uh, or how about this from Amy Tan, who is the author of The Joy Luck Club. A former boss, writing's your worst skill. She proved him wrong, eh? <laughs> uh, or Stephen Colbert. Uh, well, I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, or this last one from Bob Barker, uh, the longtime host of The Price is Right. Uh, love what he said here. In fact, maybe you can guess it. It's one of the things he said at the end of every one of the episodes. Um, my life motto, spay or neuter. <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, how about for you? If at the end of your life, people could only use six words to sum up yours, which six would they use? Or which six would you want them to use? Would you want them to talk about your attributes, like how beautiful you are, or intelligent, clever, tenacious? Or maybe you would want them to talk about your accomplishments, straight A student, right? Or employee of the month, I finally got my RV. Or rolled the rim winner. <laughs> Not just the points, right? Or how about your activities? Would you want them to talk about your job uh, or your hobbies? After writing my last book, I didn't realize how much the title of it uh, would actually summarize what I kind of lived my life toward. You are what you do and six other lies about work, life, and love. The primary way I used to see myself was through the lens of what I did. 
through the lens of my accomplishments and my activities. And that's probably why as a child I was always so proud of showing my good grades to my parents. But on the flip side, I was always so ashamed when I would get bad grades and I would want to hide it from them. It's because I (coughs) saw myself through the lens of what I did. And this is also probably why later on in life I felt like my world was crashing to the ground when I lost my job in Korea and I had to come back to Canada many years too early uh, with my tail between my legs, what I felt like, because I lost all sense of who I was. And honestly, this is probably why as I've been going to counseling, uh, dealing with a bunch of stuff from my past, I recently heard God say to me, I'm pleased with you. You are good enough. You are good enough. So six words. If you could only use six words to sum up your life, which six would you use? For me, I'd probably go with, I am not what I do. (laughs) How about for you? I love how the Canadian psychologist David G. Benner uh, sums up the French theologian and pastor John Calvin. And he says this, "Um, there's no knowing of God without knowing of self and there's no knowing of self without true knowing of God or deep knowing of God. In other words, unless you know who God is, you won't actually be able to accurately sum up your life using six words. Six words, three questions in one life. Now let's talk about our three questions. On this Easter weekend, I, wanna, I want us to address three questions. Three questions that I pray and hope that everyone around the world is asking themselves and others this particular weekend. Three questions of six words that are actually connected to your six words because there is no deep knowing of God without a deep knowing of self and no deep knowing of self without a deep knowing of God. Our first question is who do you say Who do people say Jesus is? And then our second question is, who do you say Jesus is? And then our last question is, who does Jesus say you are? So let's start with our first question. Who do people say Jesus is? Well, ever since Jesus lived on this earth, people have been asking this question. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 16, starting from verse 13, and see this take place here. Verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So then his disciples respond, "Uh, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. You know, at this point in time during the life and ministry of Jesus, people aren't quite sure who Jesus is. Now, they've picked up on the fact that he's not some regular old Joe. Uh, In fact, there's many who think he's a prophet. They're just not quite sure what sort of or which prophet he is. So they, some of them think that he's like John the Baptist, Right, and they think he's like John the Baptist because he's like, yeah, is, is Jesus preparing the way for the Messiah and the Savior of the world? Is, is that who Jesus is and what he's doing? And, and then others are like, no, 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 he's, he's, like, he's like Elijah. 
and he's here to confront our oppressors. He's here to confront our oppressors and those who are um, trying to lord it over us. And then others are like, no, 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 I think he's like Jeremiah because he's, um, he, he's calling for the destruction of the temple and, 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 and Judah and, and all this stuff is going to be coming to pass. So people are debating about this Jesus. They're just not quite sure which prophet he's like or if he's a prophet. But, but one thing's for sure is at this point in time, a lot of people just didn't see Jesus as the Messiah or as the savior of the world. And so they saw him as a great person, a person of great significance. If, if you were to ask your neighbors, your classmates, your coworkers, your friends, who Jesus is, who would they say Jesus is? Would they say that he's God? Would they tell you that? Or, or maybe they would say, no, 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 he's not, he's not God, he's the son of God. Or, or maybe they would say, no, Jesus isn't that, he's, he's a prophet. He's, he's a great prophet. He's not God, though. Or, or maybe some of them would be like, I, I, I don't know about that. Jesus seems like a cool dude to me, uh, but I, I think he's more of just a moral and religious teacher more so than anything. Or maybe some around you would say that he's a myth. Who would people say Jesus is? Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to walk through the historical evidence of his existence as a human. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter, but if you don't believe that Jesus actually existed on earth as a human being, then you just need to do your homework because it's widely attested both inside and outside the Bible, both by scholars and historians, non-Christian and Christian, that Jesus was in fact a real live human being that lived here on earth. Which means that Jesus as a human being uh, means he ate, right? And if he ate, he, he probably went to the washroom. Well, okay, sorry, no, not probably. <laughs> if it goes in, it goes out, right? Like it's just, there's no going around that. Uh, so he ate, right? And he, he slept and he probably sometimes slept too much and other times not enough. And uh, he, he got sick. He was healthy, he exercised, he went through puberty. It's kind of weird to think, right? He was a teenager. I mean, Jesus had all the biological functions that humans have, but, but as a human, we, we see that not only biologically was he human, but, but in every respect, he was a human. He experienced everything that we experienced. Yet we see in Hebrews 4 that though he was tempted in every way that we are. He was without sin. He was without sin. But he was tempted in every way that we are, which makes him incredibly approachable. Right, if, if I mean, that means that he experienced isolation and, and loneliness and anxiety and sorrow and sadness and probably a lot of interruptions. <laughs> So, yes, Jesus was a human. But was he also who he said he was? I was looking through the New Testament and 
um, I came across a few different instances where Jesus used six words to describe himself. Here's the first one in John 6. I am the bread of life. He goes on to say that in this verse that no one who comes to me will ever be hungry again and no one who comes to um, me will ever, um, no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. And then in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Uh, and then it says in John 10, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And that whoever has seen him has seen the Father. And what that means is Jesus is claiming that he is the Son of God. In fact, not only that, he is saying that he is God himself. So is Jesus who he said he was? In making a claim like this, there are only three possibilities, right? I mean, either it's not true and he's a fraud, or it's not true and he didn't realize that about himself, so he's insane, or it's true. And he actually is who he said he was. Here's what C.S. Lewis said about this. He's the Cambridge and Oxford professor and uh, the author of the prolific Chronicles of Narnia. Here's his quote. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Hmm. Or how about this from Bono, the lead singer of U2? I don't think you're let off easily by saying he was a great thinker or philosopher because actually he went around saying he was the Messiah. That's why he was crucified. He was crucified because he said he was the son of God. So he either, in my view, was the son of God or he was nuts. And I find it hard to accept that all the millions and millions of lives, half the earth for 2,000 years, have felt their lives touched and inspired by some nutter. <laughs> nutter? <laughs> Only he could say that, right? I don't believe it. I believe that Jesus was the son of God. Oh yeah, and, and let's not also forget the fact that Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies about himself from the Old Testament, uh, many of which were about his birth and his death, which are really two circumstances you can't manufacture. They're kind of out of your control. And then 29 of these prophecies were fulfilled in one day. So if people... So if that's who people say Jesus is, then I guess my next question to you is, who do you say Jesus is? This is a question that Jesus directly asked his disciples. But you, in verse 15, he asked them, who do you say that I am? This is so interesting. Jesus is walking along with his disciples. Right? He's having a conversation with them, talking about... Um, all the things that we read about here. And, and then it's like all of a sudden, he just stops walking, looks Peter straight in the eyes, 
right, and asks them point blank, but you, who do you say that I am? You know, the fact of the matter is that every single one of us one day will be asked that question. Jesus will ask you, but you, who do you say that I am? Right, John, who do you say that I am? Or Melanie, who do you say that I am? Esther, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Have you heard the research that claims the majority of communication is nonverbal? Have you ever heard of that before? It's like, uh, what is it? Facial expressions, tone of voice, body language. Uh, well, it's interesting because, um, as a side note, that's probably why it's never a good idea to um, you know, have a conflict with someone or, or, or bring up something that's sensitive or even send constructive criticism over email, over a text message, right? Like, if you do that, don't do that. <laughs> uh, too much can be left for mis, uh, to be misunderstood and to be misinterpreted. You know, and I, I bring that up because there's sometimes I'm, I'm reading the Bible and I just don't get it. You ever have those moments like you're just reading and you just... You've literally read for a minute and you're like, I don't know what I just read because I was thinking about what I need to buy at the grocery store, <laughs> right? And then you go back and you read it again and you're, it still's not sinking in. You're like, I don't, I don't quite understand like how this could happen or I can't, I can't visualize it. Well, I'm not saying that the Bible is insufficient for knowing God, it's not. The Bible is fully and wholly sufficient for knowing Jesus deeply and being known by him fully. But sometimes we just need a little bit of help, right? And that's why I'm grateful over the years that different directors and producers and filmmakers uh, have, have tried to bring to life the story of Jesus. And that's why I wanna show, show you a clip from season two of The Chosen. Uh, now, if you haven't watched The Chosen, this is a multi-season crowdfunded series about the life of Jesus. It's been watched over 390 million times. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and what I wanna show you here is, is not the scene that we're walking through right now. Um, it's not, this is not Matthew 16, because in fact, um, what we're gonna watch is from before that, because John the Baptist is still alive, whereas by Matthew 16, uh, John the Baptist has been beheaded. Uh, but I want you to see this clip in particular because I love the way that the producers uh, capture the essence of Jesus, okay? So let's watch this together. This is gonna start off with a demon-possessed man confronting Mary about her life before she met Jesus. So let's watch this. What's wrong? What's that sound? D did you? I heard that. Erin Rama. 
Rima. Rima. Are you okay? Come any closer. Stop. Mary. Lilith. I don't answer to that name. Mm, they told me about you. Did they? All seven of them. My name is Mary. It was always Mary. Oh. The stories they had. You're scared. What's your name? Belial, spawn of Oyak's fifth night of legion. What's your real name? <laughs> Smell! It's on all of you! What did your mother call you? Can't say. Please say your name. See what happened when Jesus came onto the scene? You know, everything changed for that man. So beautiful when Jesus said, out, out of him. I also love how John the Baptist went, yeah, right? Wasn't that awesome? Can we see that again? <laughs> yeah! Oh, so great. 
But did you also see how when Jesus went right next to the man, he kneeled down, bent down low, looked him straight him in the eyes, met him exactly where he was, and he said, it's all right. Welcome back. I know it seemed like it would never end. And then as Jesus asked him his name and, and looked him in the eyes, he was so full of peace. You see that look in that guy's face? It was like he had not experienced that peace in a really long time. Friends, Jesus isn't some sort of authority figure from upon high with his arms crossed and his finger wagging all at you with your, at your sins and the things that you might be ashamed of. Right? That's not what Jesus does and that's not who he is to us. Neither is he some distant and remote God who doesn't care about what's going on in our life and what you're facing right now. Now, as we see in Matthew 16, 16, Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. We see here that Jesus is our savior and that he is the way, the truth, and the life and that he is the way to the truth, all truth, and he is the way to life, to full and abundant life. So no matter what you've done or how far you might have walked away from God, right now, Jesus is bending down low, coming right next to you, looking you in your eyes, and he's saying, it's all right. Welcome back. I know. It seemed like it would never end. Jesus is doing this right now because he loves you. Because he knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows your highs and your lows. He knows your pride and your insecurities, your dreams and your fears. He knows it all. He sees it all. He knows who you are when, when no one's looking. And he knows who you want people to know you as. He knows everything that you did and everything that you're going to do. And even though you might be wrestling with feelings of guilt and shame over the things that you've done and over things that other people might have done or said to you, here's what Jesus is saying to you. Peace. Are you saying peace I leave with you? My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. He's then also saying, hey, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And then he's saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father from now on. You do know him and you've seen him. So just like Jesus stopped and looked Peter straight in the eyes and asked him point blank, who do you say that I am? Jesus is asking you this question right now. But you, who do you say that I am? Right? Who do you say that Jesus is? Now, if your answer is the same as Peter's and you're here right now at our West Campus 
our Southwest campus, our Faro de Luz campus, or online, and, and, and you're like, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the son of the living God. And that is your testimony. And this is what you are declaring today. Then let me tell you who Jesus says you are. Okay, you are not what you do. You are a child of God. This is who you are. You are not what you experience. You are a new creation in Christ. You are not what you know or who you know because you are known by our loving Savior Jesus and that's enough to be known by him. You're not what you own because you're complete in Jesus. You're not who you raise because you and your children are God's masterpiece. And you are not your past because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then this is who you are. This is who you are. But if you haven't made that declaration, then I, I, guess, you're a, a, I guess you're a smorgasbord of, of what you do the things you've done, what you experience, what you know, who you know, um, the things that you own, who you raise, and probably a lot of your past, which, yeah, I don't know about that. Six words, three questions, and one life. One life. You have one life. I have one life. We have one life, only one life. So if people were to only use six words to describe yours, which six would you want them to use? And just like Jesus asked Peter, but you, who do you say that I am? He's asking you that very same question today. But you, who do you say that I am? Friends, who do you say that Jesus is? How are you going to answer him? On this Easter weekend, all over the world, uh, billions of Christians are celebrating the fact that Jesus isn't dead, but he's alive that the stone has rolled away, that the tomb is empty, that the sting of death has been conquered and that this life is more than, isn't, isn't all that there is. And that hope has a name, love has a name, joy has a name, peace has a name and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you're with us here today at our West Campus, or if you're with us at our Southwest Campus, or Faro de Luz campus, or if you're online with us. And if you don't know this Jesus that we've been talking about, then I wanna invite you today to make the most significant decision of your life. This Jesus who we've been talking about, this Jesus is the path to peace. He's the path to
Words can't even express who Jesus is to me and to I know so many of you here today. But one thing I know for sure is that if you decide to follow Jesus, then you are going to experience like you've never experienced before. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want to experience this Jesus, if you want to follow this Jesus that billions of Christians throughout ages have followed, then I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Just close your eyes with me. If you don't know Jesus and you want to follow him today, you recognize that yes, you know what? He is more than a human. He is more than a prophet. He is more than a good man. He is more than a teacher. He is actually indeed the son of God. It just makes sense. It's clicking today. Then just say these words with me. Jesus, I give you my life. Say those words, Jesus, I give you my life. You know, this isn't everything that you're gonna be needing to walk with and talk to Jesus about. But in the coming days, um, let me pray for you. I pray Jesus that for everyone who just prayed those words in the coming days, you would fill them with grace, with peace, with love, that right now you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and that you would convict them of their sin and their shortcomings and help them recognize that in laying all of that down to you, there's freedom in your name, there's hope in your name, there's forgiveness in your name. So I pray that there would be honest, real, raw, and intimate moments with you, Jesus, in these next coming days. And you would protect them from the flaming arrows of the evil one. And that they would experience what it means to walk in new life with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer today and you're with us here in person, then I wanna encourage you to take the seat, uh, take the card and the seat back in front of you, write out your information and, and hand that in to an usher or to our, welc um, our team at the Welcome Center because here's the thing, this decision isn't all that there is. We wanna walk with you in the next coming days. Like I said, praying this prayer isn't all that there is. Uh, you actually need to, there's, there's business that you need to do with Jesus in confessing your sins and laying your all down before him. And we wanna walk you through that. We don't want you to do that alone. We wanna walk with you and show you what it means to be a follower of Jesus and how to walk the abundant life that so many of us are walking because of Jesus. Now, if you're online with us, then uh, you can click the button that our hosts are bringing up or you could just uh, write out, hey, I've decided to follow Jesus and our team will get in contact with you. But don't miss this moment. and Don't walk away without acknowledging that you've made this decision because we wanna celebrate with you. We wanna rejoice with you and we wanna walk with you. Amen.